A reading from the book of Exodus. You shall not wrong or oppress a resident alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall not abuse any widow or orphan. If you do abuse them, when they cry out to me, I will surely heed their cry. My wrath will burn, and I will kill you with a sword, and your wives shall become widows and your children orphans. If you lend money to my people, to the poor among you, you shall not deal with them as a creditor. You shall not exact interest from them. If you take your neighbor's cloak and pawn, you shall restore it before the sun goes down. For it may be your neighbor's only clothing to use as a cover. In what else shall that person sleep? And if your neighbor cries out to me, I will listen, for I am compassionate. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
A reading from the Gospel according to John. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
have no announcements. Welcome to Evensong. I have no announcements except the most important one. Our soup this evening is corn chowder with bacon or corn chowder without bacon. And we can discuss afterwards. So join us for dinner. Uh, we also have a program associated with the Undesign the Red Line exhibit. And Adrian's going to share just a little bit. And we also welcome Adrian Cook as our preacher this evening. We have two very exciting speakers from Cleveland's Third Space Action Lab. And if the name sounds maybe even vaguely familiar, uh, you may have seen an article on them in Cleveland Scene earlier this year. But they are here as part of the Undesign the Red Line exhibit. And uh, they will be sharing with us their entrepreneurial work in Cleveland and the efforts that they're making to undesign some of the effects of the blatant racism that occurred in the in housing industry at the turn of the century, uh, 20th century, that still has lasting effects today. So come and hear from them. They're great speakers, and I'm really excited for the forum tonight. This evening I speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today is the feast day of William Temple, which means it's November. The last month in this year's liturgical calendar, December 1 marks Advent 1. And then we're just around the corner from Christmas, aren't we? And I don't know about you, but I'm not quite ready for the whirlwind on the horizon. And though it pains our liturgical integrity to think of Christmas in November, that is exactly what William Temple wants us to do. He wants us to think about the mystery of the incarnation and what it means to each one of us. As a priest and bishop at the turn of the 20th century, William's core the theology was incarnation. His work was guided by the belief that because God's word became flesh and lived among us, every woman and man is sacred. It's why he established the Conference on Christian Politics, Economics, and Citizenship, because he wanted to see the kingdom of God incarnated on this earth, just like the Gospel of John wanted us to see as we read it this evening. In today's gospel text, we learn that God's word incarnate brings life into the world. Life so pervasive, it's likened to a light that enlightens everyone. Light so inescapable that it touches every dark place. And though I can feel it inching toward me in November. Something inside of me doesn't want to let it in yet. And maybe it's not my liturgical sensibility. Maybe some of you can relate. We're good enough Christians to know that Christmas is a time we're meant to receive the light of the Christ child, but the darkness around us is already so thick and the source of light looks like it's going to be so small will a tiny baby really overcome the darkness of the world 
Can he even overcome the darkness of 2019? Of flooding in Nepal and landslides in Colombia, of Hurricane Dorian and California wildfires? Can he overcome the wars, the darkness in Afghanistan, Yemen, Syria, the senseless shootings in Virginia, California, Texas, right here in Ohio? Can he overcome the darkness of a changing climate, a frightening fiscal future? Can he overcome the darkness in our own lives? In 1862, just 19 years before William Temple was born, Victor Hugo published a novel called Les Miserables. You likely know it. It's that story that follows the life of Jean Valjean through his darkest hours. In the opening scene, we learn that he's a thief being released from 19 years imprisonment. And when he finally gains his freedom, his yellow papers mark him as a former convict, making it impossible for him to find work. He can't even find a place to sleep. Even the innkeepers are turning him away. So with little sleep and little hope, he happens upon the local bishop, who offers him shelter for the night. But Valjean is more desperate for money than he is for sleep. And so once everyone in the household is tucked away in their beds, he runs off with a fine silver. Now it doesn't take long for the police to catch him with the stolen goods, but when they bring him to the bishop to press charges, something Valjean never expected happens. The bishop tells the guards that he gave the silverware to Valjean as a gift. He even reminds Valjean to take the two silver candlesticks you accidentally left behind. And the police have no choice but to let the thief go. But before Valjean moves on, the bishop leaves him with these words. Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil, but to good. It is your soul that I buy from you with this silver. I withdraw it from the darkness, and I give it to God. And for the first time in 20 years, Valjean knows what hope feels like. He's been claimed as a child of God. And in response, he spends the rest of his life withdrawing from the darkness and running toward the light. <clears throat> now, William Temple's life reminds me of Les Mis and of the darker reality of this upcoming holiday season. We, like Valjean, have a lifetime of injustices weighing on us, or on our families, on our planet. And we, too, are being asked to withdraw from the darkness and receive the light of God. The real question of this ordinary time that we find ourselves in is will you do it? Can you do it? Can you really let go of whatever darkness you are still holding on to? In just a few weeks, can you kneel beside the kitchen manger bed and believe that a newborn babe has the power to overcome your blackest night?
Now, the answer to that question can only come from you. Choosing to live into this kind of a reality this season is not going to be easy. It's not as easy to swallow as a turkey bowl Thanksgiving or a gingerbread Christmas. It's not easy because if the incarnation of God is really what the Gospel of John tells us that it is, if it's really about what Bishop William Temple thought that it's about, then the bright shining star that will lead the ordinary people to Jesus is not just for Christmas. It's not just a story for the shepherds and for the wise men. It's not just going to be something for the kids. It's for the grown-ups, too. It's for you, and it's for me, and it's for right now. And if most of us are honest, we need it to be for us right now because there were days this year when everything seemed like it was against us. For some of you, this may have been one of your most difficult years where you had to surrender to a dark truth of a relationship being over or a diagnosis being correct, of a divorce, of a death, of a job that didn't happen and a betrayal that did. There are those of us here today who when we are asked to leave the darkness behind and receive the light of a Christ child, something inside of us tells us that we're not ready. We're just not ready to let it all go yet. And it's not that we don't want to heal, it's that we're afraid to heal. Because in order to heal, we have to expose a wounded place that feels vulnerable. And when we gaze into the face of a baby Jesus, we find it difficult to see God incarnate. And instead, we see our own human reflection back at us in these tiny eyes. We see our own frailty and fragility. We feel brittle, breakable. And it's hard to believe that the opportunity to let go of all that pain and hurt is really here right now. We're afraid because if it's not true, it's just one more letdown, just one more punch in the gut. But what if what the Christ child has to teach us is that feeling our own vulnerability is exactly where we're supposed to be before all this Christmas hubbub begins? Because when we acknowledge we're not invincible, and when we acknowledge that the burdens we carry really are a kind of darkness that can drown us, a darkness we can't overcome on our own, then we open up ourselves to really be cared for by another, perhaps family or friends, perhaps even by God. Now, I really don't know what your year has been like. Maybe it's one you want to keep. Maybe it's one you want to be rid of. Either way, in just a few weeks, the church will begin a new year and prepare for the coming of the world's greatest gift, 
It is the gift of the Christ child. And he may look tiny, but he is surprisingly strong for his age. Strong enough to lift from you the burden of your darkness. Whatever that may be. Whether you took it on in 2019 or you've been carrying it for years. And he's surprisingly wise for his age too. Wise enough to replace your darkness with the light of life. Whose flame removes the grittiness of another year gone by and replaces it with hope. Hope for today and for tomorrow, and even for after that. My sisters, my brothers, this night, God is drawing your soul from the darkness and giving it to the light.
O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for the blessings of the day that is past, and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours, through him who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Let us say together the, third, the fifth prayer on page three. Bring us, O Lord God, the last awaking into the house and gate of heaven, to enter into that gate and dwell in that house, where there shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light, no noise or silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends nor beginnings, but one equal security, in the habitations of that glory and dignity, world without end. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Be to God. May the peace of God which passes all our understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.